Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a crowd podcast. It's the Jim Bowers Show Live Special, you puppy! Right, are we ready? Oh, fucking hell. Oh. oh, do you remember that time that you had to pick me up off the toilet in Japan, Dan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty sure. No, he wasn't. Pretty sure. He wasn't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't on the toilet. Not. Actually, he. I had to pick him up the next morning. This is morning before we flew home. So a couple of nights after, he'd been on the steam. He didn't. He was that drunk. He fell asleep at the table having dinner, and someone drew a big cock on the back of his head and neck, and we were able to take him back to the. Ho- he finally got back to the hotel. Um, we put him in his room. He fell asleep. And about half hour later. He just disappeared. He, he heard this door go because I was across the corridor and he went. And the next morning at like, I think we flew out about, I think about seven or eight. I go into his room. It stinks. Honest to God, the whole room just stinks. So I was um, helping pack. He was so steaming. I was helping pack his stuff up. I think he had his, I can't forget his pants around his ankle. But yeah, I then was yeah, getting I his toiletries together. I, yes, yeah. But you were, you're in the bed, you're in the bed with his pants around his ankles. But basically I was trying to pull this stuff clearing her stuff up I went into the bathroom to um, basically check check his toiletries get his toiletries together I was like oh my god I looked in the toilet and there was a shit but there was no paper or anything else with this shit and I, at that point I was just like right Joe you need to go in here and wipe your ass <laughs> because you can't be flying home you can't be spending 14 hours on a plane with 
and unwiped ass. So yeah, that's what I had to do. I'm not. Enti- I'm not entirely sure I did, Dan. I think I might have. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't interested in that part. I just did my. We lost your pen, didn't we? You, you lost a pen. You're very upset because oh. you lost a pen. Mate, honestly, she's still not forgiving me. I don't like bringing it up, but my wife Daisy bought me uh, a really. Spe- I like stationery and stuff, and for years I've liked it. So as a special. Um, gift she bought me a Mont Blanc like a proper like for I can't remember was it something a Meister something Meister fucking hell she can hear Dan's just bringing up that pen I lost yeah do you remember that pen didn't like it anyway you twat So it's been a long week camping. Yeah, I lost the pen. She's never forgiven me. Anyway, thank you for getting yeah. into that. I sent Belle, <laughs> Belle, uh, my wife was staying, Belle was staying with us, and I sent uh, her in the next day because the rooms got cleaned and she went down to reception and she basically asked and she was given all the items, a plastic, clear plastic bag of all the items that were left in that room. And it was like your mm. underpants, your shirt, and she, Belle reckons she almost vomited because it was, it just was disgusting. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. On with the show. Right, because it went so well last time, we've been allowed to do it again. And um, I'm being let loose with Dan the Cola Bear Cole. Just us two, no Tom at all, because he's busy, apparently. Although, when I asked him... I got the impression that it was because there's this beef. The amount of people I've come up that have come up to me and said, uh, Dan and Tom, is there like a genuine beef between them two? And I was like, well, I don't know. You'll have to ask them themselves. So uh, I'm definitely feeling that from Tom's side, and that's probably why he's not coming on tonight. Uh, we also did try and get Ben Young's, but uh, he's too busy having beers in the sun, which isn't like him. Boop. And tips... The the nose slash king of Trabanos also had better plans. Said he went out, he was going out for food tonight, which is bollocks because he doesn't go out. He's just probably at home playing FIFA, practicing because he's so upset about it. Anyway, welcome back, welcome back, Coley. Thank you. Thanks. Basically, what you're saying is that you're contractually obliged to do this pod, and you've run out of friends. <laughs> You've upset so many people that they're just, they're not doing it anymore. Yeah? Is that? That is probably on the fucking money. Thank you, Dan. You, I think I, you're questioning my uh, commitment. When, when Tips is saying integrity. he's out for dinner, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, we're, we're also recording this pretty late in the week because I have been on holiday, as you can tell by my lovely complexion, which doesn't make sense on a podcast, um, which you can't see a lot of, but I have got a bit of a burnt nose because it sticks out in front of my it's, cap, so it doesn't shade it very well. It's really close to the sun, isn't it? That's why. <laughs> anyway, I went on a holiday in a camper van to Camp Bestival with the family. Cole, I think, haven't you got a an actual camper van. You own one, don't you? No, I've got a caravan. A motorhome. No, no, just a caravan. What's a ca- go on. What do you mean, what's a caravan? Tow along. Uh, yeah. No, I meant, like, what have you got? Tow along or... Yeah. A caravan. 
that you so tow. it a fucking hell it just a little bit more what sort of caravan have you got i'm not asking for the reg details or where its exact right. position is so I've people got, uh, can come around and fucking nick it yeah uh, i've got an elder Cervante 840 i think is what it's called yeah so it's you know eight foot wide what sort of birth what sort of birth six birth, are we looking six at? birth yeah oh it's got it's got uh basically it's got bunk beds in the back for the kids they love it one yeah. they're like stations and uh yeah the seating area at the front converts and i think the kitchen table converts but we've never really had to use that bit so it's good apart from when you go in there um <laughs> the kids love to go in their stations but they just so you put them to bed and then you sit in the front and all you can see is like the curtains just twitching and they're like they just stick their heads out and look at you and you're like can you get to sleep and they're like daddy i'm in a caravan it's like yeah, yeah go to sleep now boys it's like daddy i'm in my station i'm like great and you, you just you know, you're like just watching tv or just reading the book you just see like in this in the corner of your eye you see something twitch and it's the curtain and they're just checking you're there and you're like great like can you just go to sleep so you're scared shitless you know it's yeah. you know it's kids but you're still scared shitless you're like oh god yeah um anyway so enough about my caravanning tell me about your cat were you motorhome vip um you'd actually drive the thing or was it one of these ones that's really there and you just drove your car to it and got in it and pretended that you drove it there. What's all of those? Before we move on to my caravanning, Dan, uh, yep. I've just Googled... Did you did you buy your your model of caravan or was it brand new or second-hand? Why? Does it make a difference? I didn't steal just it. Just impressed with... Well, Thanks. I wasn't suggesting that. I'm just suggesting yeah. that you've had a very successful rugby career in order to fucking buy one of those things. Um, basically, I got... I think it was it was on the it was on the Lions tour, so it's four years ago. Um, my wife, I was obviously we were going to be away for it. It was like ten weeks, wasn't it? Three months. She had one year old, so she's like, "My family's in Norfolk. I want to go back to Norfolk. You can either buy me a, as a second house or a second home or a caravan." And I thought, "Hmm, tough choice here. Caravan it is. So we've got a nice one, and uh, yeah, and it lives at her sister's house, so she's very close by, and it, yeah, it's great." What a fucking shit opening section to our yeah. really shit podcast that we do. But it's wonderful because I we get to we talk to you. Yeah. We're going to have to fill it somehow because I doubt when you're at your festival that you um, paused it for two hours. We'll say two hours, four hours to watch the game, did you? I am so glad that I didn't pause my festival for two hours because all the reports and the clips that I have seen bored me to death. Um so, were you on stage at the Camp Festival? Were you, like, reading poetry or anything? Or were you just there as a fan? <laughs> or was it the Joe Marler show? Were, okay. were, you, were you doing a podcast without me? Were you doing the Joe Marler show there live, were you? <laughs> All right, now I find out. I was just, uh, I was just feeling the water for uh, Camp Festival 2022 for the Dan and Joe show. Um, and believe it or not, no one was fucking interested, so I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that I actually did. Um, I did a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did a talk in. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I did a talk in the literary tent, actually, Dad. <laughs> so <laughs> you were actually reading poetry, right? <laughs> this gets better. Uh, <laughs> Um, right, let me just. Okay, yeah. 
I've got so many questions to ask now, right? You tell me about yeah, this okay. this talk you made, please, and then I'm going to... Okay, fine. So about <laughs> about 12 months ago, I think, uh, robbed a bank. Go on, here's your chance to make some shit jokes. Was that a person, is it? All oh, right, okay. Yes, he's the guy that set up the festival. He was also... Uh, is that his actual name or is that his stage name? It, it's, I think he has. I think it's his actual name now. I'm not sure it was his birth name, but I think it is his actual name now. Um, anyway, he, he messaged about 12 months ago, seeing if I'd like to go down to Camp Festival and represent Calm, the charity I'm an ambassador of, and do a bit of a talk and such and such. And then I didn't pick up his email until last minute and then scrambled about trying to sort something out. And he managed to sort something out. And I went and did a chat in the literary tent. <laughs> Uh, about uh, mental health, about uh, rugby. I think you were probably mentioned a few times. Uh, there was a fair amount of rugby potholes slash noises slash fans um, about Camp Bestival. I mean, it's southwest. Yeah, it's Dorset. That's in the southwest, isn't it? Sorry, I'm just looking in the background of your dogs. Um, are, they, are they mounting? Yes. Um, yeah. So, okay, what, um, you obviously give me the headline slot for this talk, yeah? So, so, here we go. I was like, oh God, no one's turning up for this, definitely. Daze was like, well, it's all right, we're here. I went, cool. So I'm going to do a talk in a literary tent in front of my wife and four children. But only at a festival would this happen that I do it was a semi-serious talk you know it was a bit light-hearted but it was also touching on the mental health stuff and um <laughs> it was actually a fair few people turned up and I was it was movie themed day at the festival so it was sat the Saturday is the main day that everyone gets dressed up as the movie characters they went as I had uh Felix as Chase from Paw Patrol there is a Paw Patrol movie before you question me, Dan. Um, Maggie was Tinkerbell. Jasper was Hook. Daisy was Frenchie from um, Greece. And I was Maui from Moana. But the dad version that, you know, could appeal to the dads, basically, who've got really saggy boobs and a massive fat muffin top. Because we can all be Maui's if we want to be. So I'm doing a semi-serious talk about uh, all things mental health, dressed as Maui, with a massive wig and a man bun. Um, only at a festival, can you do that? Yeah. Um, how many people are in the crowd then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a big turnout. Oh, it was about seven. Wow. Oh, fair play. <laughs> Right, because we're really good at segueing, why don't we segue into the Lions' second test, of which the Springbok, or Boca, or South Africa won, and unfortunately I didn't watch it. Um, did you watch it, Dan? I did, yeah. Was it as bad as everyone says? It depends what you're into. If you're into free-flowing rugby, then yes, it was. If you're into scrums and malls, <laughs> like... One person in the world is then no, it was fairly interesting. Um, I did realise that. Do you mean when, that? 
well, it was quite interesting, like, looking at the matchups. Like, I, I was interested, like, Lions, South Africa kicked off, Lions kicked back to them, and then straight away, South Africa actually, like, ripped it down a short side instead of just kicking it back. And I thought, oh, South Africa have actually come out to play and get into the game. And they did a bit. Then they got a penalty. They kicked for the corner. I think it was 1 minute 30 on the clock. It then must have taken two minutes for the line-out to happen. And it was like, right, you know, normally early in the game, you can understand at the end of the game when everyone's knackered, but it was literally like, this game is going to be slow. And honestly, the first half with the referee and stuff like that, it took over an hour or something like that. It was just like, oh Lord, this is going to take forever. And that's what it was. It was basically, I think, you know, South Africa slow played them. Um, They're obviously a lot better than the week before. Lions don't think through a shot got anywhere near that and it was just it was a long time for like TMO and referee and kind of you know a lot of the stuff that's apparently been like oh is it going to be sighting is it not all that kind of stuff and it just it did sap the energy out of the game but I mean to be honest the energy was sapped after a minute and a half so do you think that the infamous Razzie video contributed to the the TMO and the referees then taking the piss with how long they were taking everything because they felt like they had an obligation to actually see everything through or was it nothing to do with that? I think it must have played a part in regards to, because you see like Ben O'Keefe early doors, there was a bit of a, a bit of a dust up as our mate Chris Robshaw would say <laughs> early doors in the second <laughs> half. Like I think after that line, it was after a scrum when it, when it was, I think it was a line out. I think it was held up and there was a dust up. And like everyone's pushing and bloody shoving, and uh, like the ref had his speech prepared. <laughs> do you got, like, remember <laughs> that? <laughs> yes, I do. We, went, it was Denver, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. We're in Denver at a World Cup camp, and basically, uh, everyone's. We we're out for a night out. I mean, it wasn't like heavy because we knew we were getting absolutely like beasted in trading. <laughs> but it's like, oh, where should we go? And. Um, it's like, oh, we'll go to this other bar. And then Robbo's like, no, uh, bloody hell, we can't bloody go there because uh, I've just had a text off uh, one of the lads and, and there's been a dust up there. And it's like, what? He's like, there's been a bit of dust up. It's like, what's that? Yeah, that like, was it. <laughs> like, he, oh, didn't, yeah, he didn't even cotton on the fact that we've gone, yeah. excuse me, dust up. He thought we were like, oh, dust up. We won't go there. Not why the fuck are you using the term dust up? So he kept repeating it. He's like, yeah. yes, there's loads of bloody dust ups over that way. It's like, well, if it's going to be dust up, let's get there. Uh, he's like, no, no we're kind of we're bloody dust up. It reminds me of the time as well. That talk like that is when, do you remember we lost uh, one of the lowest points of our career? Um, was it 20, when we were lost in Wales and we're in the bar afterwards and there's some uh, some England fans abusing us. We've paid good money for this. So we didn't intentionally lose. Like, we've paid good money. You should owe us money, blah, blah. And then uh, it was Tom Croft, wasn't it? Just comes across and he's like, push off. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, it diffused the situation. He's, and it was just like, he's really, yeah. really yeah. lost his nut. And he's gone, would you just push off? And it was just like a diffused situation. Everyone just looked at him like. uses push off. <laughs> yeah, everyone started laughing. It was like, right, that's worked. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, going back, there's a dust up. Um, the referee gets involved, Ben O'Keefe, and he's like, you know, um, guys, there's not going to be. And he's supposed to spoke for about five minutes, basically saying, like, telling them went off, telling, um, you know, the captain's off, basically saying, go back to your teams, talk, 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 talk. And it was like, it was set up. And from that moment on, you kind of knew that he was going to have to do everything by the book on ref Mike to make sure that, you know, it couldn't be called into question and yeah, it slowed everything down. I mean, they got the right results in the end, but it just, it kind of, 
you want the game the game sometimes has human error in it doesn't it? have elements of human error and stuff and it's you'd almost prefer to get it wrong but take you know if it's a 50 50 call instead of spending 20 minutes trying to work out the right call just just make a call you know what i mean do you think uh warren gatlin got the selection wrong then dan you'd probably say yes because they lost the game um but that's oh, easy to say in, good yeah but see it's easy to say in um hindsight isn't it retrospect but you would look back and say the lions yeah struggled up front and the backs didn't get going but then it was pretty much the same team as played the week before that had done well so you know you can't really criticize selection we can from a distance but not you know oh my god i'm so sorry it's all those kinder things that i ate buenos (laughs) no they're not kinder buenos they're the healthy teeth looking ones that apparently make your kids teeth really white but it doesn't um uh, selection oh sorry let me go back to selection okay Okay, so you've answered that really cliched and um, in two, a game of two halves. I like that. Mate, why aren't they playing any rugby? Now, we know South Africa don't play rugby. They're very good and they've been questioned about it, but they're very good at what they do. It's their style. They kick the fuck out of it. They defend like fuck and their set piece is aggressive and nasty. So that's the way they play rugby, fine. But the Lions have got players that are better served at not playing that way. So why are they not playing some jouet rugby, I so think to speak? As the game went on, it became harder for the Lions to play. Like in the first test, they didn't, you know, they're keeping the ball off the field. They didn't kick the ball off the field. They were able to play a bit of ball in hand. And even when they, when they kicked the ball... The aerial contest, they were getting results as in from the, you know, a tap back or whatever it was. They either recovered it or they got a knock on and there was a scrum and line scrum went well. So Africa, I think the second test, they didn't, you know, it's all else saying the Lions wanted to play, but South Africa tightened up all those nuts and bolts. And as you know, South Africa, when the mall starts going forward, that's a penalty, you know, they get a penalty. They have, they can drain another minute or two off the clock all those kind of scenarios happen. I think that's probably what happened in the second half. Well, you think, well, even in the first half, I think of the game in my head. I can remember about three things, a couple of missed kicks at goal, but it was basically all South Africa, just slow, maul, carry, penalty. And the Lions never actually had any real attacking opportunities to use. And they, you know, the South Africans definitely tightened up their the ability to catch high balls etc and the Lions just didn't have any playable possession and the set piece the South Africa took that away they'd line out since they South Africa got in the air and stole ball especially you know five to meters out from um, their own line and I think line, the Lions did have one attacking play didn't they and they ended with a penalty I'm just trying to think it was a scrum five meters out when Faf basically killed Conor Murray and then there was another no arms tackle and that was basically all they had and South Africa very good in those situations <laughs> But they don't allow you to play. And that's a frustrating thing. And I think, you know, South Africa want you to throw the ball around in your own half because they've got a really good D. They want you to run from deep because they've got fast wingers that will shut you down. And you have to, like the first game, first test, the Lions are able to actually get field position and play in the right parts of the field. 
Second test, they weren't because Africa just literally slow played the game. Penalty after penalty, field position, goal, kicks at goal. There's 20 minutes off the clock and they've done nothing. So that's my thoughts. Daniel, it's very hard to argue with you on that, but I'm going to. And I'm going to use someone who's better at coaching the game than me or you. And that's Sir Graham Henry, who's come out and said, "Mate, it's it's not pleasant to watch, is it? It's not very it's not very good. It's not a great advert for our sport." Now, don't quote me on that. That's kind of the gist I got from his interview that he did. That he said it, the tests have just been awful. It's terrible to watch. They should be frying the ball around a bit more. But the in thing to do at the moment is kick the lever out of it and squeeze people with defences. And he said it so casually as if it was so easily, easy to fix and just, yeah, well, they just need to play the ball more. They just need to play the ball more. But then your argument, well, you can't play the ball if the defence is fucking in your face, getting off the line, get off line and smashing fuck out of you or getting intercepts or pressuring you so hard that you've got no time and space on the ball to do anything with. And yet this Sir Graham Henry is saying that, they should be able to do it easier. So there's my retort to your argument. Well, you can see where both sides of the argument, you would like the Lions to play more. And I think it coincides nicely into the team they picked this weekend that looks to throw the ball around a bit more. But you look at the team the Lions picked for that second test with, say, Murray at nine, they wanted more field position and control, I would say, which doesn't mean you run it from deep. And you'll even I think rugby has become that game at the minute, even... Quins, you know, everyone says you're joué joué, but you've actually got really good blokes that put the ball in the right places in the field, so you can play in the opposition half, but in your own half, you know, you're fairly efficient in getting out, and that's the game because the breakdown's so like when they brought in the new rules after lockdown, like the breakdown, as soon as somebody basically gets over for player safety, as soon as someone gets over the ball, it's almost a penalty in this contest. So teams kick the ball away because you don't want to give away penalties their own half because they're kickable. Now the rules have found a bit of a balance but I still think teams are thinking that if we carry the ball too much in our own half or get caught there we're going to get turned over and again South Africa if the Lions all it takes is one bad pass or one you know you don't have too many people at the breakdown South Africa going to pour into that breakdown with four five six bodies and turn the ball over and then you've got South Africa 30 metres from your own goal line so it's all those balances you have to make but I think Generally, yes, you want the ball to be thrown around more and you want more easy on the eye rugby. But you play in South Africa. Like, South Africa have never been a Jouet team. So, A, you kind of set your bar a little bit. If I'm Graham Henry, if I'm watching the Lions versus All Blacks, yeah, it's going to be a running game rugby. If I'm watching them versus South Africa, it's probably not. So, you're going to set the bar a little lower um, in your expectation and you look at different things. How, in the nine years that we've played together... Have I never fully understood or respected your knowledge of the game until now? Because we don't talk about rugby. (laughs) So why the fuck are we talking about? This is horseshit. We need some fucking adverts. Um, Let's have a little break and then we can talk about the decider. The decider. Then we can talk about the decider. Rachel Adadeji. Then we can talk about Rachel Adadeji and the decider.
Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch. And we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this. So we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garen Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Ellis James. And I'm Colin Murray. And in our podcast, Everything to Play For, we take a proper look at the greatest sports stories of all time. We're talking the juiciest rivalries, the bravest underdogs, the biggest comebacks. We are chucking a bit of context into the mix. Yeah, real deep dives like bottom of the ocean. Oh, yes. Do you want to do a PhD in Wayne Rooney? Then listen to this <laughs> podcast. We are taking those big stories of the names that you know, like Andy Murray and Wayne Rooney and Mo Farah and Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson. But Hopefully, even if you think you know the stories, everything to play for will tell you stuff that you didn't know. Yes. And you can follow everything to play for on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen everywhere from June the 10th and binge seasons early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Brilliant. Those were the ads, and now it's time to stop being negative about that shit second test and get excited about the third test. I wanted it. I said it for uh, the whole time that I wanted it to go down to the the wire. I thought it wasn't going to. I thought it was going to be a three 0 to the Lions after the first test, and that is my arrogant English in me. But I've got what I wanted, and I'm sure loads of people are really going to be excited that there's going to be something to actually play for in the in the third test. Are you one of those people, Dan? Yes, I'm excited for the third test. It's good that we're going into the third test, one all, everything to play for, and there's an excitement about how the Lions are going to change it up, what's Africa, probably going to do more of the same, but they're going to be better at what they do. And yeah, I'm excited to see how Warren Gatlin's out-the-blue team selection is going to pan out. It could be brilliant. Right. It might not be. So you you're saying that it's an out of the blue team what you think it's a controversial team selection what what ones don't you like or do like or that you've gone what the fuck where's that one come from Well I look at say Josh Adams coming in and you think fair enough he's probably been knocking on the door since minute 1 but you're bringing in for Ant Watson who okay had a quiet second test but can play rugby better than I would say random over can you know and especially when he got done for tripping in the second test which is did anyone notice on the well you wouldn't notice because you didn't listen but one of will greenwood's big bugbears in rugby is tripping and it's like happens <laughs> once every six months mate <laughs> like, <laughs> i picked up on it i was just like oh it's one of my big bugbears tripping oh yeah happens all the time though doesn't it like 
what is he fucking on about? What is he on? Yeah, it's it needs to be removed from the game. It is rife. It's absolutely rife. There's tripping. There's secret tripping. There's obvious tripping. There's high tripping. Yeah. There's even some fucking skipping. I mean, fake tripping where you like pretend to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it was only like quiet. I think literally they just glossed over it because there was just like, all right, mate. But yeah, I heard it. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> game's been ruined by tripping um yeah so i, I mean thought, I don't, I, to, to be fair i don't know how he's got away with like it's a fucking it's oh. a ridiculous what he's done i've done some fucking ridiculous shit but he's just he's just kicked the bloke with a like a yeah. It's mental. It's not even like you swung. If, if you swung for the ball and it's just kind of you got the bloke, fair enough. But he's picked it up and ran, and then you've swung your leg at the. Oh, <laughs> bit late. Sorry, mate. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know what. I mean, if it was like you or me, who's you know slightly um, slower twitch, fair enough. It's totally play on. If I if we trip somebody over, it should just be, sorry, lads, yeah, just play on. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, if it's a winger, <laughs> yeah, please, come on now. So, anyway, that's my point. Like, that selection is a bit um, different. Aki coming into the centres, I mean, I wouldn't say he's torn it up so far on tour. I mean, we haven't seen him for three. It's always a risk, I think, going into that third test, bringing in blokes who have, you know, if you've played midweek games, fair enough, but these blokes haven't played in three weeks i know they've been training but you know it's a big risk but that's i guess they knew that all along and the forward pack well win jones is back isn't he hang on hang on what do we th- what do we think about win jones coming straight back in to start bear in mind he was in hospital with a shoulder infection before the first test which he had to pull out for and then yeah. do you know and like you said he hasn't had a midweek game to then prep him and this is his yeah. first lions test for the decider, I mean, that's quite a fucking bold call. It is. And I think it probably goes back to Mako did awesome off the bench in the first test. And, mm. you know, if you get that impact in the third test, it's probably brilliant. It's probably better to start because Sutherland, you know, tried hard but got penalised a few times to have the best game. So probably if you start Win Jones, run him for as long as you can, and then you've got Mako to come on and if he plays 60 or 40 or 30, he'll add and be good. But yes, there's a lot riding on Win Jones, especially sort of scrum time. Uh, my also, my other concern with this team is second half, Marks comes on. It's a bit nauseous, so if you're not a rugby connoisseur, tune out. But the Lions just let South Africa win the ball at the front. <laughs> tune Matt, out! Tune out, yeah. <laughs> just, you know. Tune out! Yeah, tune out for a few minutes, it's fine. Just listen, but just press that, you know, the forward 30 is it forward 30 whatever it is yeah just do press that a couple of times it's gonna line's be gonna fucking to, longer than that i can yeah, tell well, <laughs> line's gonna have to change up their line line out d that's all i'm gonna say is i think especially when marks comes on so after we just throw into the front and mauling it a bit like line said to them in the first test and you know if it's me i'm sticking say courtney at the front or a single man to get as high as you can to make a throw over you and then you've got alan Wynn, who was at the front in behind just pull the thing over and do that whereas the Lions had Alan went at the front didn't lift him didn't really get up and they just South them all so, so Lions going to have to change that bit up hopefully they will I'll give them a call later on tell them fucking hell you know I've been sat on this for the past four or five days looking for someone to talk to but you didn't watch it so you wouldn't understand my, my <laughs> wife tunes out too so don't worry about it 
Anyway, back into the pod. <laughs> any more? Any more like tune outs? Back into the pod? Uh, come on, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you talk. Go. Yeah, no, no, that was my only bugbear from the game, along with tripping, was the organisation of the D. But you know, <laughs> I, I don't jump, so I can't cry too hard about it. I just push. So yeah, moving on. What are your thoughts going into the third test, Joe, with the team? Sorry, I was just waiting to... Because those people that you told to fast forward for 30 seconds, I just thought we needed to wait out a bit longer for them. And welcome back if you've just um, rejoined us from Dan's Norsathon, which was very educational, actually. So I won't mock it, but it did put me to sleep for 90 seconds. So anyway... But my thoughts on the squad, Dan, are fucking hell. I thought, I thought if I was DOR or the head coach or whatever, the the manager or the guy who picks the team, I go, would I really change that many on a Lions tour? It's quite a lot to do for a decider for the test. He's rolling the dice. He's having a gamble. He's like, well, that last week's team didn't fucking work. Playing that way, so I'm going to pick players to play this way and do something different and try. And bamboozle the bocker. But then I go, I would have just picked the same 23 um, for all three tests and hoped they got better and better um, and gelled a little bit more rather than changing it all. But then I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. That doesn't no, make I, sense, does it? Like, why, me, would, why would you drop someone because they didn't play particularly well in one game? When, like they're, they're class internationals give them another shot but then you haven't got time to give them another chance because you've got a series to win but then someone's coming in dry they've not warmed up do you know what I mean it's I'm like fucking hell I, I don't envy I don't envy the coaches they obviously they have a they know training and they know what's going on so this is I always have a when you think about you know pick apart team selection is we've been in England camps and people have picked apart the team but the coaches know what's going on day in, day out, and they're in the situation. They know what condition people are in. They know how people work together. But you do, you think, say, if a team's good enough for the first test, why would you dramatically change it up or change up your style? If that's the style you thought was going to win the first test, why would you change it up too much for a second to third? Unless you're literally trying a totally different style. But then, you know what I mean? It's a big roll of the dice in the third test to go, hey, go play rugby and win us the test. Do you think Gats will will actually go, or did actually go, hey, go out and win us the game, like you just did in that accent, or... Yeah. <laughs> Guys, just uh, just score more points than them. And now, and now, now. And, and now, and now, and now, and now, and now. That's a reference to any previous listeners, and if you got that joke, uh, well done. You win five made-up Coley points. Well done. If you didn't get the reference, listen back. Tune in. Don't tune out. Tune in to the previous episodes and you will understand. I can't tell you which one because I've blacked out from all the fucking rugby chat that we've done over the last six weeks. But let's finish it off with predictions. Now, South Africa are are in a bit of a tricky spot. They've got Faf out and they've got Peter Steph de Tweet out, which are two big losses. 
What do you think of that, Dan? I think South Africa, when they lost big Peter Steff, they actually found a good solution to it at the end of the game. I actually think he won't be that big a blow. Faf, yes, but then Ryanax come in, he's similar set. Um, I don't think it's going to affect South Africa that much, in all honesty. I think they will be primed. They'll be another step further along and ready to go. Now, how that affects the game. We were asking for predictions, weren't we? I think South Africa will win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to go home, do we? Um, so you're going with a South Africa win? Unfortunately, yes. What do I go with then? And bearing in mind, I was wrong with my first prediction and my second prediction. If I'm wrong with my third prediction, everyone's a winner. Well, everyone's not a winner, are they? Because they'll, they'll be winners and losers and we won't be a winner or a loser because we're not involved at all. So everyone isn't a winner. So it's a really shit thing to say. Just that loads of people lose and only some people win. Not everyone's a winner. How do, everyone's a winner. When when is ev- when is everyone a winner? Tell me. Tell me. Give me an example when everyone is a winner. Everyone's a winner when two blokes jump over a pole and they both have a certain amount of jumps. And they do exactly the same jumps and same height, and then decide to share. The gold medal they didn't share it. They didn't half a gold medal. They had two gold medals, and the world. Even the, people, even the people that were second and third, or as if that's third and fourth now, um, everyone's a winner there because the guy in silver got to he got silver instead of a bronze. Bronze got a bronze instead of nothing, and everyone just felt really awesome about sport and mankind and you know the human race. And everyone's a winner then, weren't they, Joe? Uh, it's a good example. It's. A, it's a good example you've come up with there, Cola Bear, but I, that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not happy with them sharing it. Like, Well, okay, I would say if it was you, you who played in an earlier pod a game of credit card roulette against George Cruz and was trying to, oh, let's go halves, let's go halves, let's go halves. And it was Cruz who went, no, let's do it. And he ended up losing. You definitely would have taken the gold and you'd have shared the gold based on your former... For clarification, <laughs> for clarification of that story, that is a, a small sprinkling of spice you've thrown in there. I said, Cruiser, mate, we'll go halves, mate. It's absolutely fine. I don't mind going halves because, no, I knew full well that that was going to tip him over the edge to go, no, we're going all the way. And because his energy, his karma, his yin and his yang and his zen was so bad from the start when he said he didn't want to do it from the start, he was always going to fucking lose. So I was just trying to dampen the bloke. Yeah, we can halve it if you want, mate. You know, the, actually, uh, I'm going to go with a Lions win. I'm going to go with a Lions win. They're going to win... They're going to win, throwing the ball around. Liam Williams is going to score the winner, and it's going to be twenty. It's going to be twenty nine. He'll miss that, and then she'll kick that. He'll score. It's going to be twenty nine, twenty six to the Lions, and they'll go down in history as Lions series winners. So that's my prediction, and I just want to say thank you to you Daniel for coming on and 
yet again showing up how very little I know about the game of rugby and showing up how very much you know about the game of rugby and I love I could sit here and listen to you all night I love listening to you it's a deep deep connection that I feel I have towards you and sometimes it's not reciprocated but I know that deep 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 down you do love me back that's why you helped me wipe my bum after the World Cup final and I had to get on the plane but I was too drunk to wipe my own bum so you did it for me so I, I didn't for do that, it for I you will always Just, be I, grateful. I, for the record I didn't do it for you <laughs> Uh, it made what I was thinking about there was when you talk about you know, how you love to hear me talk was the fact that I probably turn you uh, you'd like to listen to me talk all night so you could fall asleep and it reminds me of the time we're in New Zealand and <laughs> I know where this is going you I'm, fucking shit house you're a shit house Joe likes, he likes to, he used to fall asleep shit stories on it me it was always Peaky Blinders it used to be Peaky Blinders who'd like have his laptop he'd line his thing he'd have his laptop and he's like Darb and he'd watch it and the problem was it was like he'd have it on his headphones last night and he'd fall asleep and his headphones and peaky blinds still be going so I'd be awake and the room would be lit up with peaky blinds and the noise is going on and he'd be asleep but this one night it's on his I can't really do it justice but his laptop's on his chest his thing he's falling asleep he's falling asleep he's flinched and this laptop's jabbed him in the nose really hard. <laughs> and woke up. He's then looked at me. I'm giggling. He's like, you're not recording that, are you? I'm like, yeah, Joe. I've been filming you fall asleep all night. Like, <laughs> yeah, just let me watch that back. So he's like, all right, good, good, I think good. I've still got, I think I've still got a scar on my nose from the edge of that laptop hitting me. And as if the first thought was me thinking... <laughs> You had filmed that. I was yeah. like, what? I don't, you're a wanker. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks again, mate. We've got uh, the final Joe Marler show, Lions special, next week. Please join me again, Coley, because I've run out of all, all other friends. Um, and you've actually been a popular addition, believe it or not. And for one final time, you guys that haven't tuned out, and girls that haven't tuned out yet, Come back, please. Ta-ra. Bye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.